What is going on? It is Stu here with the Village Idiots. New episode out. Hope you enjoy it. We'll be talking about the Bears, the Bulls. We'll be talking college basketball. We'll we'll just be talking about a whole lot of nothing. We did a free-flowing episode this time. Hope you enjoy it. It's me and Jeff. We're back in the lab. You know, we're we're being consistent. We're we're dominating this year. So 2022, it's a year for the Village Idiots. Hope you'll enjoy it. Yo, 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 what is up? It's a Village Idiot Show. We made it for, We made it two weeks in a row, Jeff. It, see, consistency. We're putting out consistency. We got Jeff back. We're, um, yeah, we're in the middle of Snowmageddon here in much of Middle Tennessee. It's absolutely horrendous here in Pleasant View. There's, I, I figured out Pleasant View, Tennessee is definitely a Facebook town. It's not a Twitter town or an Instagram. It's a Facebook town. And I think that is a way to judge towns in, in modern day America, what social media platform is most, most prevalent. But yeah, so it, it's snowmageddon out here. But yeah, it's wild. You can read some crazy shit on there. So, but how you doing over there, Jeff? You know, not too bad. I'm um, um, basically... I've grasped my Tennessee, you know, statehood, my citizenry, and did not leave. I've been, we were talking pre-show that I'm all garbed up, ready to make the rounds, and I never <laughs> left the house today. Three wait, times wait, wait, time out, time out, time out. For those of you who are not viewing this, because it is a podcast, you're listening to not it. Sure. But not by sure. the way, we it does... This one, this one might make it. We're we're getting better at putting stuff on YouTube. Jeff is dressed in a phenomenal, a phenomenal Patagonia zip up. It I've never seen somebody as, look more as professional. How's my, my fat? Yeah, well, that's the best way to do it. It's nesting season, as you can tell. I got the TBI hoodie on, which we do have merch. It's still there. No one ever buys it, but it's still there. You can buy it. But also, I, I should have bought put it on my Christmas list. Cause I don't have any dude. It would have been, it'd have been cool if you would have done that because it would have, I would have bought it for you and it would have been like me just paying <laughs> myself back. <laughs> it's basically free. It would have doubled, it would have doubled our sales for the year. It would have, it would have better quota if I would have bought a hoodie. Okay, Easily. I, I can work on that. <laughs> Easily. No, but yeah. So, so yeah. Back, back to what you're sorry to interrupt. I just had to point out your phenomenal Patagonia zip vest. You know, I, I was I was wearing the I put on the Magellan vest, which is just a I think a house brand at um, one of the local. You know, I know uh, it is a scholastic. Dicks, like what's the, whatever the dicks? Yeah, Magellan. <laughs> you know, or like from the commercials. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was uh, way too tight. It was a large, and I was like, oh, this has got the fleece on the inside. I'm putting it on, and it was tight. Do you, you know, accuse your old lady? It's one of the goals. It's one of the goals. No, because I, I I do the laundry. I, I've been given oh. that chore because I was sick of her drying stuff that I'm so, getting uh, too fat to wear. 
I don't so know if it's me, but I, I do accuse. <laughs> so, so basically, it's one of the, you know, New Year's resolutions to fit into these larges. So I keep them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's wishful thinking at some point. But I always want XL. I don't know how you are, but a hoodie is always one. XL for hoodies, XL for coats, because you're wearing layers underneath. You know, if you're not wearing, um, if you're not wearing layers underneath, and I used to go large, but like I said, it's it's toggling back to, towards XL. But then I put the XLs on, I'm like, it's too big, and then I'm like, God damn, effect. So, anyways, <laughs> I I put that on, didn't work. Put the XL on, was ready to go. Started the car, get ready, get a phone call from one of my my reps. That's my my old buddy from Chicago. He lives down the street. He goes. Do you see how it's how bad it's snowing? I'm like, I'm like, it was was you live two miles away from me. It wasn't snowing four minutes ago. And I walk outside and it's it just started. I just texted you, I think, too. And you're like, no, it's not or it just started snowing here. So he's like, I'm officially, he moved here probably two years ago. I moved here four and a half, five years ago. He goes, I'm officially at Tennessee and I'm not leaving the house today. He goes, <laughs> I, t- I told him I'm gonna, he goes, a couple of these, I'm gonna switch to Zoom meetings. I said, it's it's gonna be bad out there. It's a war zone. And I said, it's a Thursday back home, Bob. I'm like, give me a break. I'm like, it's easy though to fall in because it's easy to get go. It's a cop out, but it's going. Yeah, you know, it is pretty bad out here. Yeah, yeah. Well, why, why should I leave home? But every day, every hour, I was just delaying the start of my day. Start the car, get it cleaned up, put up the shoes on, and then somebody texts me or call me and they say, hey, hey, hey don't risk going out there. I'll text you the order or don't worry about it. We're closing anyways, or we didn't even open today. We're not going to need an order. So I literally got all dressed up for nothing and did a little catch up, you know, office work, but I had already done that two days ago um, when I had some meetings get canceled. So I was like all dressed up with nothing to do, but I left it on for you because I figured you'd get a kick out of it. It's beautiful. Like I, I love it. Got the you look like, and I've always said this. I don't know how many of our listeners were into Saved by the Bell like I was, but that not not to bring <laughs> that scumbag Jeff. You're not a scumbag, but the guy on Saved by the Bell, his name was Jeff, and he was a scumbag. He was trying to take Zach Morris's girl, and um, but he was a handsome fella, <laughs> and and you're pulling hey. it off nicely. I will take that. You look like a fan at Bay Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I will. T- I will take that imaginary uh, notch on the bedpost of Kelly Kapowski. And hey. if we're going to go that, if we're going to go there, well, let's just. I'll take that because I. Did you see what cup I had? By the way, we got some cocktails. It's it's a snow day. Oh, John Stockton, Dream Team, John one or Stockton, two. Is that Dream one or team. two? John Stock and Dream Team one. one. Yeah, yeah, he only did. Nah, he might have did two. I think he did do I feel, two. I feel like anybody that didn't play on one really. Uh, but a, I think a, he a was niche. like one of the holdovers on two. Like I mm-hmm. think he was the guy, and it's because nobody really knew he was on one. But yeah, no, I drink. I, I got stocked and going. I have the entire set of the Dream Team McDonald's cups. Everybody knows my obsession with McDonald's, but. It's been, I always have them because I'm watching a lot of NBA lately. You know, what, what, Chicago Bulls back in the news, DeMar DeRozan, back to back game winners, shooting what, 
200 free throws or something because he missed six in a game or something. 225, 250. Somebody counted it, I think. think As a – It wasn't a round number. They're like, Jamar DeRozan shot 252, 254 free throws after the game. How do you feel about that? Where where do you stand on that? I was a big pregame guy. I was – I would get – I had a pregame routine, but I did my – I got my work in pregame. I would never go to the range. I, I've, I've seen it. I, I catch it for a guy who went to the range after a round, um, but he thought he thought he was going to make the cut. It was early in the day. We had some time. It wasn't like a twilight where we're, you know, just obsessed, where you're tired, yeah. or Justin Thomas, or whatever you see. Some Shambro. Guys. yeah. <laughs> so I was – I don't know if I would do it after the game, I don't think I ever did that, but I was a, I would put the workout in game day before the bus. If there was an alternate gym, um, while we always had the sophomores play before the varsity, here they do the girls' games before the varsity. So if there was an auxiliary gym or girls' gym, I might go get some shooting in, a shoot-around in before the game by myself in the gym and then, like, shower and then play the game. So it's just weird routines, but I never did it afterwards. But I did see that his one shot. Do you appreciate very... that? Like, but the the way it's sold in the news media is like he's just a grinder and all that stuff. Like, do you? I don't know. I, I feel like that's just kind of your job. Like, I feel like everybody yeah. should be doing that as a like as a dude who had, you know. 300 times less the modicum of success as a DeMar DeRozan. Like, that's just what you did. <laughs> like, you just put yeah. in the hours. And I think as us, us normal folk, we, we might get a little carried away with that kind of shit sometimes. I think that, I think one of the only stories where you're like, oh, those were, those were above and beyond uh, a workout regimen, because I did some crazy workout regimen in cross country pre-basketball uh, season, pre-football season to get into specific shape for a specific sport. But the two craziest ones were the Mike Allstott, where he drug a car or whatever. I'll stay Remember? with Allstott. Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's Joliet guy from suburban Chicago, um, but he used to do the, he would drag, not the tires, not the big foot tires, but he would pull car, like I think like Ford F-150s or whatever, whatever he did. <laughs> it was impressive back in the day. And then the other one was Walter Payton with the hill where he would just run up the hill and it was just an old uh, landfill, I think in like Arlington Heights, around where I grew up. Um, Those were the ones where you were like, oh, those were legendary workouts. Um, You know, now it's like LeBron in between Space Jam takes, gets, uh, you know, the guys that live in uh, the the UCLA grads. Yeah. He's got like Baron Davis working out with him. LeBron like, he's plays out, like, himself yeah. in Space Jam too as a deadbeat dad for the first hour. <laughs> I actually, I actually made that up. It was, it was a that was a, a version of the, the story about Jordan in Space Jam One setting up a whole summer where he just invited. That's a great story. In. But that's actually a better story. But it's more fun to make fun of LeBron. Um, but yeah, so that's that's about it. But this is a good segue, even though we still need to talk about a little bit about, we can go come back to that in the pecking order at the Eastern Conference, but the back-to-back DeRozan, MVP candidates, that type of stuff. Back-to-back. Last night, last night um, 
there was a Dirk Diggler retirement ceremony and I never got into Dirk Diggler, but I definitely piqued my attention and watched it for a little bit and watched some coverage. That um, silhouette of him doing the high leg kick, a fadeaway for a 7-1 guy that's not beefy, is frail thin. He had to lift the high leg kick and it made me think of my youth and when I used to practice fadeaway jumpers, MJF, um, you know, crazy layups MJF. where he did the, where he did the, well, he did the, you know, cupping, but I, I didn't get above the rim. I was like 11, but I remember sitting out even in weather like this, shoveling the driveway so I could shoot hoops and just recreate against air. Love the Charles Barkley where you take one hard drive, dribble drive to the baseline you pull it back and then you, you know, or you spin, you post up and you just do a spin where you flip the ball on the baseline and you, and you go in and do like a reverse layup, whatever dunk, whatever he did, gorilla dunk, whatever, but certain moves that you just practice on your own by yourself in nothing but, you know, calm, peace, quiet, and just sit there and do some work. And that's kind of what, the Dirk silhouette of him doing those fadeaways made me think of because he had to put some time in and that was a unique shot like a sky hook almost where you were like huh I don't know if I've ever seen that but the DeRozan Jimmy Chipwood where you where he did the um the Hoosiers set shot for the game winner was great because that was another one that's the the, the token from half court you always do the the you know the leg the, the knee's got to go with, with the with the motion, the the knee lift. Yeah, and that's kind of the way that DeRozan hit the one game winner. The other one was like a Kawhi to win the Eastern Conference Finals it, in the opposite corner, but it was like a double pump, you know, sky ball, no rotation, just a prayer, but it went in two nights in a row. Some He's guys don't so even get two dude. game winners in their career. He's one of those dudes who who's like he. I don't know what the re- you almost related to like a Kurt Warner or somebody where, where like he's DeMar DeRozan's like a perennial all-star his career, 20 plus points, all those things is never mentioned when you're talking about best shooting guards in the league or anything like that. It, his name just never comes up, but he's just an absolute animal. Like it, the mid range game, like he, I think he's the only guy left with one. Like he just never really took it outside the paint. Funny, um, you, you know, DeMar DeRozan went to USC. Do you know who his best friend was going into college? We might have talked about this already. And the reason he went to USC, in my opinion, was his best friend was Lil Romeo, Master P's kid. Um, and they gave Master P's kid a, a scholarship to get the Mark Rosen to go there. It's probably looking back Tim on Floyd. Him. Wait, what was this? What Master P? No, no, Tim Floyd years or um, yeah, Tim that would have been Tim Floyd. I thought you said Pink Floyd. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no, fucking Master P, dude. No, Master P, not Pink Floyd. <laughs> Those have never been uttered in the same sentence. Yeah. Though, by the way, <laughs> Master P and Pink Floyd have never been uttered yeah. in the same sentence. Well, they have now, and they should be more. Mm-hmm. That'd be a sick mashup. <laughs> that would be. Master P could do some good stuff. All you are is uh, make them say, uh. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. 
But I think that was probably looking back on it, probably around the same years as Aunt Becky at USC. No, um, Aunt Becky Aunt and Massimo. You know that, right? Aunt Becky three years ago. You're talking about her kids. Though, but then she had multiples. No. Like she, I thought they'd been doing this for years. Tim Floyd, Jamar DeRozan's. Oh no, that was a you're talking twelve years 10, ago. 10, 12 years ago for sure. Hmm. When you knew they were paying people. But no, what I'm saying is, is that probably a thing that was happening, you know, already. And maybe they didn't just figure it out. Master P was kind of Aunt becky And then they pulled right. off DeMar DeRozan because DeMar DeRozan was like, yeah, I'll come there if you give my homie Lil' Romeo a shot at being on the team. You know, because Master P played for the Charlotte Hornets as well. So, long basketball lineage. And they contract with the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, he got a 10-day um, after he owned a CBA team and actually had his own Converse signature shoe. But, yes, he, I think it was around the same time Baron Davis was there. Uh, I don't, he made it into a preseason game. Um, I think I remember that. The amount Wasn't of he involved stuff in WCW for a while or something? Uh, yes, yes, because uh, there's a clothing brand that I'm a big fan of. Uh, yeah, it was a WCW Monday Night Nitro slash No Limit Soldier. Like, they got some sick collabs. I, I saw, I saw uh, like one of those uh, jackets. What are, What is it? The I don't know what the satin jackets. Mm-hmm. They had oh, a No yeah. Limit Soldier, but with like a WCW. <laughs> It was sick, dude. I think they were trying to cross over a little bit, maybe. Broaden well, yeah, and, um, you know, WCW is Turner Broadcasting, which is Atlanta. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's Masterpiece New Orleans, obviously, but nothing in the rap game does anything without coming through Atlanta first. Under, underrated yeah. rap, um, underrated hip-hop rap area of the country is the South southeast the atlanta new orleans connection it's not underrated yeah it is yeah it is no it's, we're it's, rated it's mainly number one dude it's mainly overlooked I are mean, you serious no nah, it's it's dominated by by the new york sigma and the about? la yeah, no Coast. way dude that in the past yes but chicago came up hip-hop runs through atlanta now mm-hmm. i no, feel I like it's it i think it did when you had when you had people, I feel like somebody could just clip this video with you sitting there in your Patagonia windbreaker. <laughs> I was eating. I made chili. I was. I was finished on my chili. Yeah. Right we're just like no, underrated hip hop comes out of Atlanta. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I it's guess I don't, want to get to do. I don't want to get that into that with a white kid from suburban atlanta i don't want to get into this argument but i feel like <laughs> in the broad spectrum i had ludicrous cds but i did not know think of atlanta or this, or this new is, orleans is a mecca in the pecking are you kidding me of- little john and the east side boys young cheesy ti goody mob outcast see but those Ghetto are a lot boys. of those you're you're in a different <laughs> time oh know, no outcast, i i yeah, definitely but, think I, they're not it's, rappers, really. Oh yeah, they are. They're more ATLians, bro. Rappers. Well, this. I mean, this is this. You're right. This is. But see, but see, you're going go to down. like places that I'm not. This isn't my 
I know the hip hop game. <laughs> it, yeah, but it is it the hip hop game was my you know, I had knowledge of it, but it, at some point I kind of got too old to be fully immersed in the scene of the hip. I mean, let's see. I, I wasn't I wasn't cocked. I didn't have my hat cocked, you know, to the side anymore. And dude, do I don't even things. know how to wear a hat straight. <laughs> right. Well, like I said, I don't think I don't think we need to go down this wormhole right now. But, <laughs> however, <laughs> Master P. Yes, 10-day contracts. Let's let's segue to a great 10-day contract, which is nothing other than was he not involved in the Malice in the Palace? Stephen Jackson. Yes. And I ended up I ended up watching a highlight from they talk about cooking, you know, like and I, and like I said, I'm not from this era. Cooking to me is uh James Harden cooking, step backs, you know, dribble. Well, and to be dribble, fair, spider dribbles he, at the top, you know, step You backs. don't have to be from this era. It's very that came with James Harden. He started that whole mm-hmm. deal. Uh, and Houston and all the South Clint, like that's that's a very much a James Harden deal. <laughs> but Stephen Jackson, I believe what? Straight from high school? Or no, yes. I'm talking about I'm talking about Lance Stevenson. It's Lance Stevenson. We're yeah, well Stephen Jackson. I thought I missed something when you were talking Stephen Jackson earlier. Uh, <laughs> Steven, Steven Jackson was Malice in Palace. And he could have came back. <laughs> but Steven, Stevenson wasn't Malice in the Palace. No, Lance Stevenson is a guy out of Brooklyn, New York. He's Sebastian Telefair's cousin. And, yeah, and if you... some things. Yeah, and like if... if This is so such a weird path to go. If you know anything high school basketball, like Lincoln High School, Brooklyn, or no, I think that's Long Island, maybe at Lincoln High School. It's one of the uh, Coney, Coney Island, because that's uh, Stefan Marbury, which that like that whole lineage is Lincoln High School. Um, most people say that he got game, or I think he might have played at Lincoln and he got game or something. But Telfair went there. They're the first school besides LeBron who really made it on air. ESPN, the whole deal. Lance Stevenson was the next guy. There's never really been a guy, though. That's the weird part about Lincoln. Like, Stefan is the guy who's ever came out of there. But if you talk to New Yorkers, which you can respect is coming out Wait, of Chicago. Telfair didn't go there? Yeah, he Telfair, did, but I'm but saying – Telfair like, was the best thing ever for a second. Wasn't he on a cover of – No, he was, on a cover, he was on a cover with LeBron. What I'm saying is – the history of that has never really turned out that successfully. Like there's always a battle between New York and Chicago and all those things. And when you talk about New York just has a terrible way of choosing who represents them, because I'm pretty sure, am I wrong in saying that uh, Lou Alcindor, Kareem mm-hmm. Abdul-Jabbar's he's from New York. They mm-hmm. don't ever choose that's who him. I was, that's who I was <laughs> thinking of. I thought he maybe went to that high school because he was from Brooklyn, I believe. Too. I want to say maybe he did a Christ the King or something like that. Yes, yeah, you're right. No, it is Christ the King. That and right. and then, um, but they never use him. Like if you talk to a New Yorker too about old, basketball, but they're gonna yeah. talk about Stefan and Sebastian Telfair no. and all these guys. I'm like, cool, bunch of fucking no. has-beens who got washed out. And Lance Stevenson is on that same game. Car- Lance Stevenson is a weirdo. Carmelo's Carmelo? from Baltimore. Oh, he's from Baltimore. Okay. Yeah, he's from Baltimore. New York's no, history. It's weak. weak. 
and they Michael, and they don't Michael play, Jeffrey Michael Jeffrey Jordan was born in Brooklyn. I was about to say, and they don't play the ultimate trump card. Like that is where I was going. Like you have the best to ever do it. If you would just fall back and be like, yeah, well, Michael Jordan's from New York. Somebody just needs to go hard into that narrative. And I don't know why it, it, nobody has it, but like I'd be selling shirts at like the I love New York shirt. It would just mm-hmm. have a Jumpman logo on it. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know why nobody's bought into that yet. But New York is just such a weird spot with their basketball, like the things they pick and it it's not it's it's very okay here's my thing about new york it's for it being the the center of the universe it has no prep basketball or football lineage or history or it doesn't have any piece of the pie and it has very little college to any college um more history and more lineage and recognition comes from syracuse than it does from you know Rutgers or St. John's or anything like that, but it is the pro capital probably of you know Madison Square Garden. There's well, certain it's the things mecca, that, it's the media market, right? It's just the media, but yeah. But I don't ever think of prep basketball players, prep football players, prep basketball programs, prep bas- prep football programs that everyone now, knows certain things, but you don't know any in New York. Other prep than football I'll give to you, but like prep basketball, and this probably is just me knowing way too much about high school basketball. Prep basketball, high school basketball, is that's a big thing coming out of New York. Like, yeah, just, but, like I said, no one ever makes it. Like they're, they're just not – it's dialed think, back a lot in years. I think, I think more is 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 reserved for Rucker Park than anything. Like no, you're history, absolutely right. Like the most I played famous there when stud- I was 18, it was sick. Did you really? Yeah, it was sick. It was super sick. How? Dude. I played some pickup there one night. You just showed up? No, I went up there on a trip, and a dude I knew knew a guy, and they got me in, and I had been watching like VHS tapes about the EBC, the mm. Entertainers Basketball Classic. And at, so before, like, the tournament starts, the every night tournament, uh-huh. like all the high school kids and everybody, they, they have, like, runs leading. Okay. Like, you're, you're a pregame show, basically. And I had just graduated high school. We actually went up there on a church trip. And uh, one of the guys I knew knew, a, like, he was a music producer or some shit. And he they let me play in it. I... Like I had watched so much, I was scared. A guy by the name of Sean Carter was the, was your buddy? No, no, no. It was <laughs> it was something like it, it, it. New York's such a weird place because as as worldwide as Rucker Park is, it's still extremely local. Like it's just like some guy at a bullshit rap label, <laughs> like that was not real. It's a couple guys making SoundCloud raps in their dorm room. <laughs> But they made a, a team, got some guys, and they let me play on it. But I would not cross half court. Like, I was simply just moving the ball off the court. Like, I'm not trying to get a nickname here, guys. You're a Billy Hoyle. Basically. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I, did you – did you – is there anything you can tell about the – I mean, it's what, 20-foot – chain link fences small yeah no it's narrow courts and i knew too much about it when i went there like i i had what 
being a suburban white kid, I like I had watched stuff about Rucker Park my entire life. Watched all the, and that's and one mixtape time. You know, that's um, that that era. So I, I had seen it was when I walked into it, and that was one of my first experiences in New York. So there's a little like convenience store right across the street, or there was like this is I was literally just turned eighteen. And I went across the street and I was like, yeah, you know, I watched enough videos. I think I'm a professional. I'm, I'm waiting in line to get something. Literally everybody cut in front of me the entire time. I'm there for like 25 minutes, just waiting like, yeah. And finally I'm like, hey, I'm in line, man. <laughs> but it, it was a eye-opening. It was my first like New York, New York experience when I went up there where it was it swallowed me whole. And when I went into that park, I was like, this is, I had played in front of a ton of people before, but it still, it it's different. Like, yeah, what the chain your, link, the whole deal. What, it's, what were your stats and how long, how many, Oh, I don't know. How long was your run? How long was your run? I probably got eight minutes. You know, I no. How long was your, t- your squads run? Did you, were you one and done? Yeah. Yeah. No. So you only play one game a night. Um, oh no matter it doesn't it's not winter's yeah day. well i, I wasn't in no i like i played in the turn like so the ebc is like whatever midsummer nights whatever they play at night there that's the thing you see on tv it's called the mm-hmm. entertainers basketball classic the ebc um they do that at night it, it's almost like a boxing match where the ebc was the main card Mm-hmm. And they would just local folks would they would have games leading up till then. So like we like I played a real game. There are just not many people there yet. It was very much like yeah, keeping I played, people's eyes I, on it till the, played, the big um, guys get here. <laughs> I played a 10, 10 minute indoor game at the Chicago Sting, you know, mm-hmm. halftime of the Chicago Sting. With my travel team, yeah, I get it. I got you. I did It'd that cooler. at the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> it could be, yeah, there you go. It could have been better though if you brought your whole church squad and just went. I mean, I've seen some impressive <laughs> displays, and that would have been that would have been biblical if you could have pulled it off. An well, no, and no, just, and just went over the crowd. That some I, fundamentals. I did go in on a church trip, but I I was always the kid at church, like who were people people were inviting to come to church at that point mm-hmm. so okay. like i was the kid who got invited there and just happened to be really good at sports so, mm-hmm. so it was a yeah I, I don't even know half the kids i was there with but you know i, I was hey, that's a kid. so cool that's that's a it was I a mean, fun time i got a kick out of I, I don't know we didn't probably talk enough about this you know lance stevenson but i did want to bring something up and this is a good way to to transition when i was a kid um in high school we had the the you know chris collins doug collins connection my dad coached doug collins daughter whatever you know doug dougie's son you know was playing at duke coach k go out there in the summer i'm i'm on vacation we're gonna go look at schools so we go to look, we go to North Carolina's campus, go to Duke's campus. We're not going to go there. We just kind of went to do the, you know, the trip. And we went into Cameron Indoor and I walked in there and I kind of felt a little, you know, the hair stood up a little bit and I don't even like Duke, but it was like, it, it was like a little Hoosiers moment where you went into the gym, you know, when, 
when Hackman walks into the band box and they're all going nuts and it's like, okay, this is Indiana Best. Welcome to Indiana Basketball. So that's a cool Rucker Park story because I don't have a lot of cool stories like that where I actually played. Most of mine were as a spectator, either through things yeah. like that or or my brother playing somewhere, or whatever, going to you know Notre Dame Stadium or whatever and mm-hmm. seeing a game like as a fan, basically. Um, so that's kind of cool that you played at Rucker Park, though. That's no, I had some fortunate times in in my youth, and a lot of that was playing on a good AAU team with some guys who still play around and stuff like that. But, um, dude, I've been watching more NBA this year. I'm in. I'm in. And the Chicago Bulls, do you think they can pull off Eastern Conference? I mean, I don't know that they – they have a fighter's chance. They've got some pieces. They, you have the Patrick, to have the Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams would have been, I think, a big deal defensively. I don't know that they've got enough. I don't think they're deep enough. Um, but they've got a pretty impressive. They got a pretty impressive uh, starting lineup, and they got some some guards they can run at you um, between all the Kobe Whites and the Crusoes and stuff like that. But yeah, there's there's uh Steph Curry got hurt last night. So I mean there's there's some the Nets, Kyrie came back yesterday, you know. So you have to have home court because if he, I don't know that they have anybody that can guard Giannis, do you? Do you know do you think that they can guard Giannis? I In think the so. Conference best of seven. I think you got the best chance at guarding him. I don't think you need to guard him necessarily. Just guard. Just I, yeah, don't. I don't. The you're gonna. The Bucks aren't gonna win. They're not gonna win. <laughs> like it's not. It ain't happening. There's no. Yeah, there's I, no titles going back to Milwaukee. But I said that five years ago, and I said that four years ago, and I said that three years ago, and then it happened. It happened. It, it's not revisionist history here. The Bucks won. He went to McDonald's and he got himself, you know, or wherever he yeah, did. Yeah, they can't do it again, man. There's no there's no way. <laughs> I don't I mean, I don't think so either, but I don't know. Do you, you say you love watching NBA basketball? Who would you have thought would have won first? The University of Wisconsin wins a national title in basketball. Or the Milwaukee Bucks win NBA title. I'm going University of Wisconsin ten times out of ten. Yeah. Um, it's the, the Bucks. Bucks. No, they won a title though. Didn't they that's, win? That's what I'm saying. Like Lou Elsender and uh, Oscar Robinson. So, so technically, you you were wrong from the get go. Although Wisconsin might have won a title in like the 40s or the 30s when they. The, I'm saying like modern day thinking, like especially when you look hey, at the Wisconsin NBA, a, where Wisconsin they literally chance. the NBA literally had to make a rule to get players to stay in. Like we will pay you more to stay in small markets, mm-hmm. like Milwaukee, like Oklahoma mm-hmm. City. Oh, yeah. Like they had to tailor the game to them, and it's still a shocker that they won. <laughs> that was a great. By the way, that was one of the better things that the. The, they don't talk a lot of stuff about, you know, the post David Stern, the NBA. Nobody really, besides this podcast, nobody's really into the NBA like they, you know, 
I wouldn't say they have a good PR um, image, but one of the best things they did was do that to, to ensure, I mean, the NFL has parity, the NBA has no parity because you can recruit and do all these things, but they did put that into place so that you could make more money to stay in your, stay with your club that you're, you know, you could sign more years annually or more money, whatever, however exactly it is. I can't yeah. remember exactly, but the, but the Supermax deal, the first time I remember it coming into play was LeBron. LeBron turned it down to go to Miami, remember? He yeah. could have made more Took money. They, made, they basically feet. made it, yeah. But I, I don't know. I just, I love, I guess I love more of these little pockets, stories that pop up like a, Lance Stevenson having 21st quarter off the street, you know, uh, however old he is. And, you know, stuff like a DeRozan hitting back-to-back game winners. Then I do the super teams. Then, you know, okay, LeBron and and AD don't like Westbrook, so they're going to trade for another guy. Like that doesn't – to me, that doesn't – that's not as interesting to me. The NBA storylines are not – an interesting the little secondary you know they're they're the obscure storylines those attract me more than than whether lebron i mean obviously i watch love watching lebron lose but mm-hmm. i don't and i love That's watching i love i love the fact that hopefully clay thompson's gonna come back and i and i wish that you know wiseman was healthy because i would have loved to see like a great basketball you know, old school, like I loved watching the Steph Curry teams because it was fun to watch. Um, it made me, you know, think of, if it looked like a like a pickup basketball game, but everybody looked like they were fun. So stuff like that intrigues me more than, you know, the the usual storylines in the NBA. But, but yeah, I'm, I don't know, the, the Bulls, I want to, I want to believe, you know, pardon the pun, but I don't believe I feel I don't feel like they're going to get by Giannis for some reason. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be they're going to be a top three seed. I, I believe. I, I think it's sustainable for the year. Um, but it looks like they could not have the big man depth, especially with the Patrick Williams injury. Um, that's my take on that. It's a hot take. It, yeah, I mean it's it is. I think it's a hot take to even think of the Bulls being that deep in anything um but the nba it's got to be the hardest thing to do to go back to back like maybe college football no no, college football is not hard to go back to back pro football is probably the hard pro pro football is probably the hardest to go back to back no who's Um, went back to back yet in college college football is that what you're playoff about? set, yeah. With the playoff, it would have to have been Alabama. Yeah, they did. Didn't they go with uh with their boy? Um, trying to think. I think they went one time with uh, what's his name that they dated Catherine, the backup for the Bengals. I always forget. Talking about AJ McCarron. AJ McCarron. I think they went back to back. I don't think he was the back, but I don't think he was the quarterback for both. Think well, then he didn't go back to change. back. No, they went back to back. Alabama went Did back they? to back sometime. I think so. They would have had to in some of those years. It's hard for me to think. There's so many. One time they went back to back. 
Either but, way, well, it it going back to back in any sport, really, it, it's to college basketball hockey, is probably hockey, the hardest, right? Hockey, and it hockey definitely and has to be college, college basketball, college basketball, and hockey. College basketball, uh, hockey is probably easier because they give the Stanley Cup away seventeen fucking times during a three hundred and sixty-five day calendar. It feels yeah, like hockey never ends. It doesn't. <laughs> Just Stanley Cup two weeks later, we're back. It's it goes. It starts two weeks before basketball, and I think it goes two weeks past basketball somehow. I think. Or maybe yeah. I have and then they're maybe starting it's... preseason like super close after that. Mm-hmm. They they go get drunk. Whoever wins the cup goes and gets drunk for a month, and then it's back out of the to, cup. Yeah, and then it's back. Hockey's to, wild, man. Dude, like, the, the Stanley Cup's been to some great dive bars. Like when the Blackhawks had it, there would be bars that were like in the middle of nowhere, where somebody's like, "Oh yeah, my, I had you know the fourth line defenseman on the." on a boat and we went to this bar you know that basically is just full of drunks and where people go to die and they just got after it for like eight hours with cu- and people just had you know and then social media people would be like and I'd be like how did you drink out of the cup and they're like I was at you know side outs on a Wednesday at 2 30 in the afternoon you know picking up ice for my boat and all of a sudden, the cup came in. So I just got hammered out of the cup. And it's like, what? Hockey is a sport I wish I had far it's... more involvement in as a youth. You know, I did, I did a season of roller hockey. I don't know. I still don't know the rules to hockey. <laughs> but, you know. You gotta, it, that's what NHL I like the rollerblade, yeah. Uh, you got to go. You got to be a fan. You got to be in the stands. To well, know. in Atlanta, <laughs> hockey was just not a thing that. You know, we we had the uh, the Atlanta Knights. I think they were an ECHL team. They were never they weren't an NHL team, but they had Brett Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky's brother, and the girl goalie. <laughs> and so that, yeah, the, oh, she was a big deal. She was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Brett Gretzky, and but then that went away, and they had the Gwinnett Gladiators. And then that became the Atlanta Thrashers, or maybe vice versa. But the Thrashers, they used to give them away as like tickets if you lost a game on the radio. Like they'd mm-hmm. be like, Yeah, you got Thrashers tickets. You got fourth place in our <laughs> radio game. Because nobody is going to Thrashers. Yeah. On Hot 97.5 with Chris Lovelove and Poon Daddy, which Chris Lovelove is ludicrous by the way that's how he started was he was a radio dj chris lover lover and poon daddy <laughs> they would yeah, give away like, thrashers tickets to the losers on hot 97.5 somebody was really good and they killed somebody in a drunk driving accident that was on the thrashers like a 50 60 game goals 50, danny 60 goals heatley <laughs> danny heatley yeah. yep it was danny heatley yeah. in his ferrari that was about a that was about as much pub as the Thrashers got. Oh, and it was a shame too when that happened because everybody Danny Heatley was like everybody says he's like the best guy in the world, like nicest yeah. dude ever. Just like the he's just a booze bag, you know. 
You're getting that Ferrari. Dude, that's a lot of pain you got to kill on a nightly <laughs> basis. You're playing hockey? It, it, they're insane. They're insane. They're, they're at, different breed. They're the house cats of professional sports, like just great. underrated athleticism. But great to party with. Great to run just, around. Yeah. With. <laughs> They're, they're just crazy people, dude. They're meat. They're meatheads. They're meatheads, but they're more crazy. No, they're, they're like Neanderthals. Yeah, they're more Belushi than they are like a frat boy. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but I did a couple where I was like, "Oh, this is fucking great," and and it was like, but I was like, but I still didn't like. I didn't feel like I, you know, had had crumbled up my moral compass or done anything that I was like you know like oh that was a it's kind of scummy or what you know like i was a total meathead you know like that's that's the person i make fun of it was, it was in the moment it was like a good run and you're just like wow that was cool <laughs> i don't want to do this all the time because i would die of liver disease they're insane and, they're crazy but they but they can but it was a fun shout out to the hockey guys yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they the problem they stink, though they oh, hockey locker room stinks that's what I, but hockey it. guys like have the best outlook on life period like they fight mm-hmm. if they need to get something out of the way like they just throw hands in their best buds afterwards that like Drinking they partners. like they have just figured life out <laughs> you know the the hockey guys you know, it was might re- be some cte a little later down the road but who doesn't have it these days like everybody yeah, has cte now so but yeah, it's a it's a rugby players, college rugby. I ran around with the college rugby uh, team, and they were the same type of way. Like beat the crap out of each other, and then they would go get wasted afterwards, and they would be best friends. And I was like, I was like, that's that's cool, but always just stunk. Never never had great hygiene, and just you know the equipment didn't nothing. Everything was just a big stinky bacterial mess and that was what i could never get over and i wasn't a big skater i was like happy Gilmore. i was not a skater so that's why i'm my career fizzled but a lot of buddies their kids are all being raised hockey players so it's come it's come back but it's always just been a regional thing where you just kind of appreciate it from you know for your home your home team and not much else the playoffs and then but you're not going to keep track necessarily of every game like you would in an NBA or an NFL or even in baseball. But that's what, that's the, that's always the problem with hockey. It just doesn't have a national, like a ratings appeal. They've never, it's always bounced around networks because they can't. Well, yeah. So they try and feature like one game a week, whatever, and just drive everyone to that one game because they can't get consistent ratings, even though TNT is trying now. It's like the, and the funny thing about hockey network. is the thing like the place where you would assume it it isn't popular in the south and all things mm-hmm. like that like if they really understood hockey it'd be their favorite sport <laughs> like the the game of hockey where you just, mm-hmm. you just fight <laughs> that they would love that down here <laughs> yeah you know it, so it's a little bit of a shocker it's not it's not NASCAR, but it could be could run hand in hand. You'd think. It has the football 
football, NASCAR, and hockey should all be, you know, in that. But you got to have, they don't even, as my buddy would say, they don't even play pond hockey down here. My, they don't. My buddy, that's all, he, that's all he came, <laughs> that's all he came in, through in uh, the Preds, when the Preds knocked the, uh, the one seed Hawks out, swept them the year they went to the finals. He'd just be walking around half, half drunk and be like, they don't even play pond hockey. They don't even know, they don't even know how to play, they don't even know how, what pond hockey is down here. No, uh, roller hockey you don't, only. You don't have a, you don't have that access that every kid. Yeah, get, it's get just there. like playing it's basketball expensive. in a cul-de-sac too. Like, like yeah, but that's it, where you but learn basketball the game. is cheap. Basketball yeah, but cheap. I'm saying Hockey like that's cheap. That's where you learn the love of the game. For sure. Like where you learn it on the pond, you learn it at a park or something like that. Right, right. But um, on those double rims. Yeah. Yeah, man. Got to learn how to play the double rims. How did how did the Rucker uh, did Rucker have double rims? They had to. No, they no. probably have breakaway rims now. No, it was like a glass bag. It was it was mm-hmm. legit like playing at like indoors. Like even the way the trees are, the way it's shaded around there, mm-hmm. like it's like you can shoot jump shots and all that stuff. Because like even playing outside, coming up. As a jump shooter, a point guard, like I always struggled outside of it. Mm-hmm. You had to no, you gotta go all the way. You yeah. gotta take it all the way to the rack. Or yeah, tweener. so out, out, like playground basketball was never really my thing. Like I could do it, and and I got as I got older, I, I learned how to do a little better once I, you know, solidified my handle and all that shit. But mm-hmm. playing outdoors, like in the rucker, the way the shade, everything was built to make like. You're playing in an arena, basically. It, That's it's terrible. It, it it makes me lose respect. No, it, it was nowhere near like your jumper. It, you were shooting inside a gym. Like the air was good, everything. Yeah. See, no, I it's, it'll take I thought you were in like the Thunderdome, you know, no. like Mad Max style. Where there are parks there like Dykeman in New York. That that is like that. If you ever get on the YouTube, go Dykeman Park. That's I w- I have never played there. I won't play there. Like that is, like you you, you want to talk boxing match? Like it's still double rims. The the whole deal. Like it's it's the New York they talk about. Rutgers like playing. It's you're inside so we had the, the gym. I've even played in Gauchos. Like the gym they actually do the Rucker in. Like. If it rains in the Rucker, you go play in ja- Gauchos, which I think, mm-hmm. what were they called? Riverside Church or something. Omar Cook played for their AEU team, something. It was Christ the King, like all that's around there. See, we had we had the beach, but there was a breeze, double rims. One hoop was like 9-6. The other one was like 10-6, 10-4. So, like, there was advantages, disadvantages. And we used to go out there and just run, you know, all day long. You win this day. Maybe you'd be playing, you'd be playing guys, you'd be 12 year olds. You'd be playing with your like three year buddies from your, you know, middle school team. And you're playing against guys that are state ranked, playing like two guys from the high school team, playing, you know, with a couple just randoms or whatever, getting dunked on. You know, I remember I went up. Took a, tried to take a charge on like a fast break. I got dunked on by my buddy's older brother. That was only, only it was like suburban <laughs> Chicago. Oh no, like, we got after it though. <laughs> we got after it. Does the white guy go and take the charge? We were, 
we were 14th in the state. There's two classes my senior year. So yeah, we we played some ball. But yeah, we used to do something. He just turned to me and goes, he goes, he goes, there's no charges at the beach, buddy. And he picked me up and I was like, no got charges it. at got the it. lake beach. He goes, he goes, I got I go, I got it. And he was like, <laughs> but it was respecting. I was I grew up down the street from uh, his like best friend or whatever. So like he knew who I was and stuff, but he was just laughing. He was like, this guy taking a try to take a charge. Got there, dude. Got there. Game recognized. It was a little Billy. It was a little Billy Hoyle moment, but it was. It, it, I had the respect. He was like, it, it was. He goes, just to let you know, it was a charge. <laughs> and I was like, did you, did you do? Did you really dunk on me? Because he like almost knocked me out, like need me in the head or something. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, yeah. That's exactly. Like, I thought. I thought. He's like, I thought you saw me hanging on. If you had been, above if your he head. had been dunked on in your life, you hadn't played hoops. That's the way I see it. Um, yeah, but do we want to talk Bears football? Well, I think we got to at least talk about. I feel like now the Roger. We got to talk about Rogers at least because that that one is, you know, has a little Bears. We'll see what happens with the Bears. Apparently, Nagy has been informed that he. I don't know if I believe anything. It's not. A, He's gone, dude. He has. He's gone. gone, but I don't know if they really informed him. But I mean, he knows he's gone. You know, they've been throwing out names: Pete Carroll, Jen Harbaugh, Sean Payton, is Paystain, is da 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 da, whatever. Um, I thought we we're gonna get one more game out of Fields. But they said that he's got COVID now. Should have did that list. two weeks ago. Yeah, but they, but they, but that's the so Bears like thing, is they didn't fire him mid season because they never in their history of their team. And now he's starting Andy Dalton instead of Justin Fields. He's starting um, Jason Peters instead of Tevin Jenkins. So he's basically trying to sabotage them because he because they didn't fire him and just put the guy out of his misery and move on. But that's how that's the way that the Bears operate, and that's why we want Bezos. But there's Bezos. The new thing is the Mannings. Apparently, the Mannings want to buy a team. Can have those take, no, they don't have the that much money, dude. Give me Bezos. Yeah, there would be they would be the figureheads. They would have to have at least two other people. But I heard that didn't wasn't Manning? What was it? The Papa John's deal? Like he has a they Makes gave sense. him a bunch of Papa John's. He he has more money than you think he does. But oh, I'm I sure just he has tons of money. But he doesn't have like Chicago Bears ownership money like Bezos. I'm talking Bezos could give each player their own private jet, like caravan of jets. You know, here's <laughs> something that no one has ever said. What if, what if M. Jeff bought the Bears? Now that would be the ultimate. Like he doesn't care enough about them. That's the thing. No, nah, that's true. But would that, would you? I think that that would be the. Uh, but I think that there'd be if there was one person that you'd be like, nothing would ever matter afterwards. Would be if M. Jeff, as bad as he was at running basketball operations, I think if you if he bought the Bears, everyone would always shut up, and then you'd never hear anything again because you'd be like, yeah. But what if Michael Jeffrey Jordan would have hired Larry Bird to? do the things he was trying to do 
he didn't, but he he's got that thirst, that appetite. No, that's what I'm saying. It, he couldn't. He wanted did Larry to win Bird that, get but, the final, like the final say. I don't know because everybody always thought the beef was like not beef, but like I, Magic Johnson is a top hundred player ever. Uh, I will never take that away. But Larry, to me, never got the credit in the, you know, who's the best in the game type deal. It was always like Magic was handing it off to Mike. No, sir. Larry was the guy. And Larry has had far more post-bat, like post-playing success than both of them. Like Larry Mm -hmm. was coach of the year, executive of the year. Oh, in basketball? Yes. Oh, no. I yeah. thought you meant no. in life. I was no, like, no, no, uh, no, no, no. No. Now, however, I will say he's been as successful as they have in the things he wants to do, probably. Like, he doesn't have any desire to fucking open a movie theater or, you know, anything like that. Like, he decided to coach. He was the best at it. He decided to be a GM. He was he the best, best at it, though? I don't know that he was the best coach. I think out of those guys, he was like, I'm saying out of, oh, out, of no. out of that group, like he did better. He was an excellent yeah. coach. He was an excellent coach for NBA standards. I don't think that stars ever translate into great coaches, though. Do you know what I'm saying? The the Mike I, I agree completely. Uh, the Mike Shishetskis, the Bobby Knights, they're bit players on good teams or yeah. for legendary coaches. They usually have some kind of pedigree, but they're yeah, never. Phil Jackson, Kurt Steve Kurt, Steve Kerr is not. Yeah, Phil Jackson, Steve. Like Kerr. Steve Nash will be a trash coach. So you got what? Jason Kidd. You got Steve Nash. You've got, um, you know, there's been tons of them. But has there been who's the best coach ever? That was the best player. You know, like I don't know. Probably Larry Bird. No, it's not Larry Bird because Larry Bird didn't win anything. What did Larry Bird win? You said he won the coach of the year. Uh, well, so it was but he was also people. in the same years as MJ. So yeah. you got to take that out of it. Like, yeah, but they weren't. I'm not saying like it's tough were. for him to, like, he should be the best. Like, I'm not saying that's a great accolade. I'm saying yeah. it's probably. The the com- Steve Nash will not be good at that, and he's my favorite player in the history of players. Steve Nash will not be a good coach. It just won't be. Jason Kidd. Not I don't a good know. I coach. feel like point guards. You know who I think coaches. would be a I good coach? I feel like coach. point guards. Point guards are better, and he hasn't done it yet. Is I think Gary Payton would just be a just a sick coach because, like, a dude who focuses on defense. Like imagine Gary Payton coaching let's uh Cincinnati Bearcats. Mm-hmm. Like with his mentality, like the the Jordan brand, the the whole deal. Like like a Bobby Huggins type of yes. program. The like way a gritty, pro- a gritty program, but with Gary Payton yes. as their coach. Almost I like and like, like, like Penny's trying to do with Memphis. Which mm-hmm. he went to Memphis, so he's got some. Which the fact that they let Penny yeah, Hardaway coach college basketball too, for, is phenomenal to me. 
there is not a dirtier coach it. on the planet. Yeah. Yeah, but he looks clean. That's the that's what he gets away. He was with, literally he a booster. Clean. Like he's was listed as a booster, and they let him just be a coach. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? He looks. He's got that baby face, and he always looks. Oh, he's like Penny. He was, you know, he had yeah. commercials. I, little I Penny. Get it. Little Penny. I get it. It's just crazy that the NCAA allows that when they, you know. Yeah, because so many coaches, I, I think the best coaches are like the six man type, the guy they had to work for, the, yeah. that had to study the game. Derek more, Fishers of the world. Come, yeah, Derek Fishers. Because uh, like a, a Steve Alford was not, was mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. think was that good of a coach, but he, you know, just kind of. Fred Hoiberg. Yeah, Fred Hoiberg. The mayor. Yeah the mayor <laughs> um but yeah that's interesting uh take but but there's there's uh there's something we gotta talk about speaking of coaching and that's the coach k uh retirement it's going very woody hayes he he stopped it or he took called a timeout i think but immediately just went on a beeline for i think it was like an nc state player or whatever because he wanted to teach him a lesson and it's like, dude, you know, like he's literally like losing his noodle. And I don't know that enough people are talking about it, but it's really disturbing because I feel like there's not a lot of people that like Coach K anyways. And this is just like the perfect way to just send him out with a bunch full of like Twitter sphere hatred and they're they're not really bashing him as much as I would have liked because it's he just it's just sound bites and they're like video YouTube clips and just every other you know week you see something where you're like, why does he consistently take it upon himself to like stop a game and go yell at someone that's not one of his kids because he thinks that he's the He's the gatekeeper, you know, man. The heavenly father of yeah, the gate. He's the heavenly father of twenty-something basketball Full players. Of shit, I can't stand him. <laughs> I, I, I'm just not. I'm not a Coach K guy. I'm not a Duke guy. To me, and I've said it for years, he's the ultimate dude. I, I don't wish this upon anybody, but like I could see him getting a Joe Paterno thing happening to Coach K. Like it, like. It, where he takes credit, but he's so oblivious to everything else that's happening. Like, I just that whole situation in Duke is weird. Duke is a weird school anyway. Like, it's after Coach K is gone, I, John Shire, he'll be fine as far as recruiting. He's been recruiting for Duke for five, six years now anyway. Like, that's he's, – he's a guy who recruits anyway. So, the recruiting will be fine. It's just – there's going to be some baggage, I think, that follows Coach K after this year. Um, and I don't think it will ever be positive. Like, you, you can see it. It There's no way guys like Kyrie Irving and Zion. And, the, like, when he made the switch over, he – well, I say switch over because that, that was a real thing in college basketball. The deal with the devil. He made the yeah, deal with the devil. Yeah, the guys decided to do it, you know, and – he was one of the last ones to do it. No, he and was bashing. He was a hypocrite because he was bashing 
Calipari. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then two years later, he was doing the same exact stuff. R.J. Barrett, all these mm-hmm. guys. You know, and all the dudes he recruited to stay there end up transferring out anyway. So, like, I, Alex O'Connell is at Creighton right now and playing hellacious basketball, transferred out of Duke. And I think his dad might have played at Duke back in the day, but he transferred away from him. There, you don't, you don't stay for Coach K. That's, you know, and, and when he was recruiting these guys, he doesn't know how to coach past them being there for a year. It's just Duke's not pretty down there. Paolo Blanchard, like that's the most obvious. We paid this guy twenty million dollars to come pay for play for us that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, well, it's, it's especially with on. I don't know. They're just they're just better at at hiding it, which you don't even have to hide it anymore because you have the nil. So you don't even no. Don't and even I think that's the sad part about Coach K. I don't think they're better at hiding. I just think instead of him admitting, "Hey, I was trying to keep up with the times," he's just retiring. Like, he doesn't have, oh. you know, co- RIP, Kobe's going to vouch for him now. Like, he's always had all these dudes in the NBA who will vouch for him and stuff mm. and say he's not those guys, and they're not there anymore. Like, he's lost his support system. It, you know, John Shire, you want to talk about deals with the devil. He's got to deal with the devil, my friend, and that's how he has his job. <laughs> you know, he's going to keep the secrets. That's so crazy though that he that John Shire of all people like was John the guy. Shire John Shire was like you know went to my dad's school and same school as Chris Collins and you know and that dude is so many generations younger like than like the guys the Johnny Dawkins the guys that they thought were going to take over mm-hmm. the Quinn Snyder's the Chris Collins is the coach case too much you of know, an ego the cable he stayed forever and it's John Shire after all those years and I was like good lord John Shire after all those years the, the most Wojo lived two lifetimes two, Wojo how can I forget about Wojo? <laughs> like they were all trying to wait it out and then, the, then it turns out to be John Shire Crazy, He's the one crazy, who made the deal with the devil, dude. You watch. But, but I, f- I truly feel like if this if this season, he's got, what, two, three months left, three months, four months left, basically three and a half months. I hope that this doesn't turn into like a Bobby Knight, um, you know, choking, you know, Neil Rack or whatever, whatever his name was, or like telling the guy, Mr. Knight. Talking about whatever. Luke Wrecker? No, the guy that he choked. <laughs> Um, Neil Rackers or something, not Neil Rackers, that was a kicker. You know who I'm talking about, the guy that he actually choked on the Bobby Knight on camera. Yeah, Bobby Knight when they he choked the guy on the, in the practice, and then they, yeah, and then it came out. And then the, the reporter for the, the, the student, whatever, he was number said, hey, 11. Hey, Knight, hey, Knight, and he goes, <laughs> and that's when he grabbed the kid. And that's, I, I feel like this could all end up being like that. Like I said, Woody Hayes. You say Paterno, but Paterno was way, you know, was off. The I think field. it could be end up being that it was way. Inadvertently. But Woody Hayes grabbed You're talking a guy. Duke. They don't Woody have Hayes. a clean history, bro. Right. But Woody Hayes <laughs> grabbed grabbed a player that was running, a Clemson player in a bowl mm-hmm. game that was running for a touchdown and he clotheslined him. <laughs> and then he got in, and then he got in his face like he was yelling at him while he was on the ground. 
that's what I feel like is going to happen with Coach Hayes. He's going to lose it, and he's going to slap the floor, you know, the, the defensive stance, and then he's just going to go out there and just steal the ball. And then, you know, like, it's just going to be like a big thing where you're like, where they're, they're going to basically roll him straight into the nursing home because he's, I think he's losing his noodle right before our eyes because he just has no concept of reality. There's no grasp of reality. And it's, it's just a total train wreck that it's a dumpster fire that, but that not enough people are talking about. Um, but they are talking about the anti-vaxxer Aaron Rodgers. Hey, Rod. He's going to win this fourth MVP. I don't Immunized. think deservedly. If I was voting, I would have voted for probably Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor, quite possibly, as co-MVPs. Because I feel like they put up crazy, crazy stats in a very on nobody set themselves apart from the pack this year kyler murray was maybe on his way to win the MVP, but he had a bad game like early on where he only threw for like 100 yards through four interceptions and it really didn't affect his mvp candidacy until everything really started going to hell in a handbasket but aaron Rodgers should not win the mvp this year um uh tj watts isn't going to get him into the playoffs he had four sacks again the other night. He might break the, the record. I think Big Span. Ben should win the MVP this year. Yeah, Big Ben's really <laughs> – Big Ben. Talk about, like – Four for somebody. 182. Do you know what Big Ben reminds me of? How big – I know you're – I know that there's a difference in age between us, and, and I'm older. Major League, Tom Berenger in Major League. Hey, I feel like that's Big Ben. He's like the old, he's the old, he's the old (laughs) husband that's just limping around and like trying to, trying to get one more ring or something. Like he's just diving at your knees at first base. Did you see his stats the other night in the first half? I think I saw something. He was like, God, what was his final stats were terrible. He had 46 passes. He was like 24 for 46 for like a hundred and like, 28 yards like the the complete the past the yards per completion was like 2.4 yards per completion it was the most insane negatively crappy stats i've ever heard of and that's like what his stat lines are this whole season and we're talking about big ben that used to throw just look for antonio brown like straight out of a schoolyard mm-hmm. that we can talk about but he would just sit there and stare and wait for Antonio Brown and have like seven seconds in the pocket and then throw a 40 yard, you know, bomb to Antonio Brown. He'd catch it, miss, make a couple guys miss and run 30 yards. He threw for five, 600 yards in a couple games that I watched where I was like, this is the best, most entertaining thing I've ever seen on the football field. And now he's throwing, he can't even barely throw for 100 yards and he can barely walk. It's sad. Yeah, it's a it's a real sad thing to watch all the ICS to put on and all that stuff. Um, it's almost as sad as watching Antonio Brown, which whatever the hell's happening there. I, at some point, I think you also just got to say with Antonio Brown, an asshole's an asshole. <laughs> like like I, there is, they can blame you can blame it on Vontez Perfect all you want. Yeah, I understand he got clocked in the head and all that stuff, but 
yeah, Antonio Brown, it, he, he just is a guy who wants everybody to look at him. So, um, yeah, but he wasn't like that. He was from what Eastern Michigan, fifth round pick. He wasn't like, like that till he was like that. And that's no, but he wasn't like that for a long time. Most of these guys, even T.O., you know, T.O. went to Chattanooga. Okay, mm-hmm. well, nobody who ever has heard of Chattanooga, but by year two or three in the league, and so Terrell Owens was the biggest prima donna that had ever yeah. walked the face of the earth. Like, oh, well, that's what they're Antonio like. Brown, they're just Antonio late Brown. Yeah, but Antonio Brown made it like six years in the league before he did that, before he went. To me, they're just you know, late bloomers. Like That's what makes me think it is Devontae's birth. birth I don't, I don't know. I, I, is it, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not sure it's not that. I'm just saying, you, yeah, T.O. took a while to become that, but he became that. Like, the, I just think they're late bloomers to an extent, you know. And you get out of you get out of that culture, and you Antonio Brand like Devontae's perfect thing. You don't just start filming Mike Tomlin on an Instagram live because somebody decapitated you. Like that's a weird thing to do. Like it, you didn't hear a lot about Antonio Brown before Devontae's perfect hit him. You know, he was one of those receivers who was just a badass receiver, but he's quiet mm-hmm. like a Marvin Harrison, anything like that. Like, so his, his stardom almost came with the hit. If you really want to sit, like what put him in the news a lot what was kind of the hit. So did he just take the stardom the wrong way? It, I don't know. It's a weird, weird thing that, do you understand what I'm saying? Is that like, no one really I mean, I talked about him is. before that too, either. <laughs> I think he needs to be on some sort of psychotropic drugs because he reminded me of Brandon Marshall when I was in, when I lived in who, who was Brandon Marshall. Yeah, yeah. Okay, some kind of there's a, there's something I feel like at a you know DNA molecular whatever cellular level wrong with Antonio Brown where he almost can't help himself, but it has been the pot was stirred by all these other things. And then eventually just, you know, the straw that broke the camel back, you could argue what it was, but like the same thing with Brandon Marshall, like, I don't feel like he was like that at central Florida or whatever. And then all of a sudden one day he woke up in Denver or whatever, and was a lunatic, but he's bipolar. Like he, Mm -hmm. and you know, like, but he's done crazy things where he's whatever held a knife to his wife, you know, like, like there's crazy things, but when you when you hear Brandon Marshall talk about it, he's very passionate, he's very genuine, and you look like there there is truth in his words, and like he actually doesn't can't help himself almost, and that's why I kind that's of feel like with Antonio Brown. Yeah, that's why it's the only thing that makes sense to me. I don't know, especially just, with the way bizarre. Brandon Marshall talks about Jay Cutler. I have to look at it that way because yeah. he just talks so negatively about him. But that might be my bipolarness <laughs> coming through. Uh, anyways, you got anything left, dude? I think we gotta end it on a, a positive note and and say congratulations to Maddie Mitchell for making the That's national. That's my wife. Yeah. Thanks for bringing the that national up. news. I was literally 
drinking coffee, doing a, sending a couple emails on Sunday morning, and I always watch CBS. Well, I'm too cheap to buy cable, so I pirated the channels off of apps from my brother and my parents because they paid $200 a month for cable, and I won't do it. We so anyways, I, too. So I'm, I, I can't, off of my downstairs TV in the family room, I don't get all of the local channels, and I don't like going app to app finding what I want. So I always watch CBS in the morning. They got good stuff. It's like half 60 minutes stuff. It's it's investigative reporting. It's got good little st- stories. It's got Mo Rocca, who once interviewed my dad. And then all of a sudden, they're like, and a feel-good story. And they break to none other than your better half. And I'm like, is this really going on? I had no idea. You didn't tell me. I mean, we don't see. I told everybody, used to. dude. I didn't know. <laughs> It was just, I just happened to be watching it live and it was one of the cooler things I've ever seen and much deserved because your your wife's got a, she's got a big heart, as do you. And I'll tell the story where I feel like just sums it up. Um, and then you can tell a little bit if you want to about what the actual cause is. But I was having, um, I was having the baby, Benjamin. I wasn't but I was becoming a dad and we were talking and we were making fun of my brother that had the, uh, you couldn't come. We tried, I tried coming, I think three sheets in the wind. I'm like, oh, we're yeah. grabbing stew. We're going out. Hammered. We're, it was like, <laughs> it was like, it was like the, uh, the we're going streaking. Like I was like Will Ferrell in, in uh, straight out of a movie and out of old school. And I was like, yeah, you know, my brother and it was a terrible, uh, what do you even call it? What's the the shower? The bridal shower for a dude. They call it diaper party. Diaper party. I was yeah. like, yeah, this thing. I was like, I wish you would have just never even had this, you know, because it was a disaster. So you get the idea. Get your wife involved, and it's in the middle of COVID, and they have a drive-by in through the old roundabout in front of the villages while I'm at right. work. I didn't even, I didn't even know what was going on. You were kind of acting weird and whatever, and then. It ended up happening. I kind of knew something because somebody dropped off. I think the mayor's, I think Misty, the mayor's wife, dropped off a present, or maybe the Perry did. The mayor did. And he's like, Yeah, this is for whatever. And it was a bag of diapers or something. I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks. He's like, sorry, we can't make it or whatever. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I'm like, what's going on? Something was weird. You know, you had cocktails in you, so you didn't you weren't yeah, doing a great job of high you, you weren't doing a great <laughs> job of the surprise. And then all of a sudden there was like nine cars that came by and did a drive-by like straight out of, I think there was like the, the the paint on the you know the side yeah, of the going no, to state no, was, you know like the, like, like a the truly team's going to state or whatever yeah, yeah it was a homecoming parade <laughs> and that's that's what you know that's what type of thing that the Mitchells are usually knee deep in in the charitable sector and then you can explain what how this came about to be elevated to the national Sunday morning CBS News. No, for sure. And for me, I I might get emotional if I talk about my wife too much. She's amazing. Um, And and people talk shit about Hooters and all that. I I will never talk shit about Hooters because they brought me the best thing that's ever happened to me, and that's my wife. So um, she she, uh, makes me look like 10 times 
the better person than I actually am. I, I, you know, I'm a real asshole, but my, my wife is amazing. She, she has a nonprofit called Liam change the world where they pay medical bills. And, um, every year they do, uh, Christmas for, you know, families in need and all that stuff. And it, they've done it on Fox 17 every year. It's always been Fox's show last four years, I should say. And CBS, news picked it up this year and she added or she you know she did a, a soldiers coming home and that that leave that never leaves a dry eye in the house you know when when they got the soldiers out there and so we went to uh what opry mills and did all that and uh, she she's just an amazing person you know we we got another one on the way and they'll be just as blessed as my other two to have her as a mom so Shout out to my wife, Maddie Mitchell, <laughs> Liam Change the World. Um, yeah, she she's just awesome. And, you know, she she will never hear this because there's no way in hell she makes it two, two hours into listening to us talk to, to, listen to, <laughs> to, to catch a compliment. But, yeah, um, and, and that uh, is on the – that's on the website. That's on my Instagram, links to all that stuff. Um, yeah, it's on CBS. I think once again, Steve Hartman is a guy who did it. It's on his Twitter, all that fun stuff. But yeah, so, you know, it, it was a family. The, the lady had been deployed for nine months and had seen her children. Her husband was also a active member and, but I, I guess the way they alternated or whatever to keep a parent home. So mm-hmm. the mom got to come home and see the children and, and, it's just something else, man, to see things like that happen. Now, I will say, you know, if you watch the tape, they uh, the lady surprised her kids, came out of Santa's workshop in the back. The lady, the elf who took the pictures for Santa, just as overzealous as every Santa's elf in every movie ever like she was involved and she (laughs) like she made it her purpose like she was an elf she was helpful that day and (laughs) shout out to that lady like she made shit run smooth and that was awesome like she'll never get the credit she deserves for that but she needs it too um but yeah most of all shout out to my wife for being amazing and way out of my league (laughs) hey the the hooters thing i feel like big daddy you know, it was the thing that tur- turned it. Any ne- negative connotations? You know, I had some, I had some friends worked at the Hoots Skates, as we like to call it. But, but the the Big Daddy was a uh, was a turning point in the uh, PR in the uh, in the P- PC of of Hooters. Yeah, uh, after that, there was some res- some extra respect. But uh, but yeah, definitely, Maddie is someone that was just you know, shirt off her back off her back you know do anything for anyone um but also i believe comes up with these scenarios like every year for like the plot line right didn't she do like come up with the idea for the, the staging of it like oh no she organizes you know I mean? like, it from top to bottom so like I mean, like there was extras, like where you had to be a person that's pretending to be shopping or something oh yeah like, it was, it was like, a it was weird. a whole to do and and my yeah. wife is so phenomenal at planning those things outside of me 
which I never know what I'm getting into. I just show up and say, what do I need to do? So, so we're usually, and, and I actually asked some, I got some backstage video of us, you know, when, when the surprise was going down, there might not have been like, so the people showed up and they were going to get in line and we were going to get in line behind them. Like we were just customers getting in line to take pictures with Santa. Mm -hmm. What they didn't account for is they showed up and they just didn't get in line right away. Like they were just hanging out, you know, just dilly dallying around, playing with Legos, stuff like that. Meanwhile, the entire store is on pause to get these people in line, do the pictures, do the surprise, the whole deal. The news is there. The guy thinks the news is there because he thinks he's one like he got free pictures with Santa mm-hmm. or something like free, that. The free series, the, the yeah. series catalog, which, which as we used to say, the, there were 19 camera crews. That, like it would have been the most elaborate free pictures from right. Santa ever. But like the guy got in line, then all of a sudden 50 people get in line, you know, but it worked out well. Like she's, she never surprises me. She always amazes me. This is getting weird, man. So, <laughs> so um, well, we yeah. can't, I couldn't, I couldn't do it without bringing that up because you wouldn't want to bring it up. And like you said, I was like, you didn't even tell me about it. He's like, I thought I told everybody. I, I told like, everybody. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, definitely cool and oh, super cool shit, and dude. totally well deserved uh, honor. And like I said, the only thing that it was lacking was a little stew time, you know. There wasn't, and the, they might and the man, the man, there, the, man. Yeah, the, the man and the woman. They didn't want to scare anyone. They yeah. wanted, they didn't want to ruin the piece, you know. They they just left it. But but like you said, there was some 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 high tech camera angles, some some raw footage that was so my footage was well put together. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was definitely some professional level. Uh, you know, all this audiovisual equipment that you keep buying for the podcast with those, Which, with those royalties, way, with the royalties from the, from the, it is with the royalties from the, uh, from the store, from the village idiot.com uh, dude, merch prof- store. <laughs> dude, as a professional podcast, we've almost made it into triple digits. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So we're we're getting there, baby. We're on our way. But hey, still the the best is that commercial, you know. But take it from me, Stu Mitchell, the host of the Village Idiots podcast. They the make you say that shit. The anchor, com- the anchor commercial sounds like you're a pro. I was gonna I mean, redo it. <laughs> we're gonna start reading some, you know. We did we we were doing the three one two pitches for a while, but we you know, maybe we need to get some of my uh, we need it. We my accounts. I have accounts that we could do some. We could write. I could write some, some, uh, well, some airtime for a couple, a couple commercials for some of my. Well, uh, tell them they better accounts. fucking pay. I'm not. No more free ads on this on this side, unless they're for me or my wife's foundation. Liam changed the world, which is a phenomenal foundation. Check it yeah. out. But um, yeah, there there will be no more free ads on this side. In fact, I'm going to talk bad about every business till they pay me not to talk bad about them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, all right, well, anything then, else, dude? Yeah, we need a score Monday night. Uh, Alabama seventy nine, Georgia three. <laughs> By the way, I don't think it was 
you know, Nostradamus, but I predicted Alabama by 21 and they won. It wasn't, it was a weird game. I have though. a new uh, name to add to the list of next Alabama head coaches. I'm very confident about this one. Okay. Deion Sanders. Yeah. I mean, have you seen like all the pub him and Saban are getting together now? Like, they're 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 in relations. He's I mean, the best recruiter see, on the planet. <laughs> I would rather see him as the next coach of Mississippi. Must you know, be the next, the next coach of Florida State. He already turned them down, so he wants something bigger. But what a what a bad uh, University of, games, of Alabama. What a bad couple of games, though, right? Yeah, it Those was were terrible games. It was um, tough. There was nothing. You never could get into the Alabama Cincinnati game. Um, wasn't a fair fight. Michigan, and Georgia, did exactly what I thought Michigan would do. Georgia, Michigan was terrible. Um, I'm not really looking forward to this. I gotta be honest with you. Um, but I will, I will take, I will take Alabama, and I'm gonna go like a 38-35 something dirty, like last second field goal. I think Alabama might just beat the shit out of them again, but I'm not gonna. I think Kirby might throw out there. Well, we'll see, man. At at some point, it sounds crazy to say people are gonna have to quit betting against Saban. <laughs> you know, like. Well, what's so so? Can do you think Saban will retire undefeated against his very no, good assistants? He, no, he lost one this year. Who did it? Oh, he lost. Wait, Jimbo Fisher was an assistant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I okay. Yep. I mean, he had seven assistant coaches the, in great. his con- in his conference, so he was a, he was bound to do it. But I thought he was. He was it was going to happen. Assistant. And when I think Jimbo Fisher, I'm like, yeah, I don't think save an assistant like it. But no, he was there for a minute. Um, I don't think it's going to be Kirby. You know, I, I just. I think Georgia is what Georgia is. I think they always will be. I think they're the Atlanta Braves of – so maybe it's their year, you know, but uh, it's Georgia football. I think, it, I think it was their year when Tua, you know. It's very possible. I, th- I think it was their – what, did Rodrigo miss an extra point or something? Or didn't Rodrigo yeah. Blankenship do something stupid? Yeah, he missed – he cost them the goggled one. All right. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not really like looking forward horse, to it. dude. There you go. Damn. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll leave. Not it. really. It's just we'll leave with that. I need a cocktail, anyways. So. I know I got to refill. Piss like a racehorse. I think I might later just take over my wife's Facebook because she has it loaded into this live streaming program. Just hold court on there later. <laughs> I'll invite you if I get, get if I get too deep in. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's one way to go through the wormhole is to uh probably go through their, your wife's Facebook account with all the pleasant view and oh god, we other... we'd be a hit. But anyways. Well, that's uh, it for the village idiots. Been a hellacious week. We'll see you next week. You'll have a good one. Roll tide. Go kill some brain cells. Yeah. (laughs) See you, dude. Later.